Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills. And all the nations shall flow to it and many people shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. 
He shall judge between their nations and shall decide disputes from many peoples. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading comes from Paul's letter to the Romans. Oh, no more anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, any other, any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies or drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. This is the word of the Lord. Please, please rise. <clears throat> Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 24th chapter. Jesus said, But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake. For you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. This is the Gospel of the Lord. The 
mercy and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Besides this, you know the time. The hour has come for you to wake up from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us, prop, let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. This is our text. Wake up. The time is now. We enter a new church year and a new season of the church year, the season of Advent. The season of Advent is a purple season. Purple is the color of royalty. Purple in the church year reminds us that Jesus is our king. Purple is a penitential color. Purple reminds us of the bruises that our Lord endured to win for us the forgiveness of all of our sins. Our Lord Jesus calls us to be ready for his return. He calls us to be awake. And to be awake and alert is to be prepared. The season of Advent, the readings, the collects, the hymns, the songs, all call us to be prepared for Jesus' return. Jesus warns us in our gospel reading for today. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. Wake up. The time is now. The hour is at hand. Christ can come at any moment, any time, and when we least expect for his return to happen. And so we must be ready. We must be prepared. We must be prepared as a watchman was for the night. We must be prepared as the psalmist uh, was prepared in Psalm 130. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. In ancient times, watchmen were the city's first line of defense against marauders and armies. If a watchman fell asleep, he failed in his duty in keeping the city safe. The city's defenses relied on the watchman being awake. Months or even years could go by without an incident, but the city's watchmen always had to be vigilant to any threats to the city. You think of the modern equivalent of a watchman, the security guard. Normally, for the security guard, most of the evening is uneventful. Weeks and months can go by with no suspicious activity. And at first, you know, 
in a new job, you know, security guard would be hypervigilant, making sure to check all the feeds and all the monitors and make sure everything is done right. But, you know, as time goes on, he cuts corners. He gets into a rhythm and no longer has the energy to maintain that vigilance on the security cameras. His attention slips. There is a break-in. The thief gets away. The damage is done. It only took a moment where his attention was diverted for the thief to break in and get away. And it didn't matter how attentive he was earlier on. What mattered was being attentive in the present. What mattered was being awake. Wake up. The time is now to prepare for the coming of our Lord. We do so by casting off the works of darkness and putting on the armor of life so that we can get through the grind of life. Awake and alert to the power of sin in our lives, we walk properly in daylight so that we reject all forms of sexual immorality. And with the last day at hand, we put on Jesus and remember the promises that our Lord has given us in our baptism. Wake up. The time is now to prepare by casting off the works of darkness and putting on the armor of light so we can get through the grind of life. Brothers and sisters, modern life is a grind. You know, we wake up, brush our teeth, take our kids to school, go to work, pick up our kids from school, go home, eat dinner, and maybe we all are not at home at the same time, so we don't eat dinner as a family together. Then, you know, we watch a little bit of TV, then go to sleep, and then what happens? We wake up, and it's Groundhog Day, right? It's the same day over and over again, day in and day out. The grind of life clouds us seeing our Lord's imminent return. The world darkens our vision of Jesus. And the current spirit of the age casts us, not as those made in the image of God, but casts us as consumers, consumers of goods and services. According to the world, that is all we are, consumers of products and entertainment. This darkness has also seeped into the church. We participate in this darkness when we view church as a product to be consumed or as entertainment. Or another example is when uh, Christmas becomes just another holiday about shopping rather than celebrating our Lord's coming in Bethlehem that first Christmas morning, the birth of the Savior of the whole universe. You know, this worldview darkens, the world, darkens our soul from seeing that we have been bought with a price, that we have dignity as a result of our creation and our redemption through Jesus. You know, this world sees our neighbor as just an ends to a means, to make a profit, to sell something to. Human life is only measured in its capacity to produce goods and services. And as a consequence of this, those who cannot, you know, like the unborn or the infirmed or the elderly or the homeless are just cast aside. They're disposable. They're disposable because they can get in the way of both consumers buying products, you know, for instance, uh, for the family, you know, raising children is expensive. And it can get in the way of work. And 
Pregnancy takes women out of the workforce, therefore they cannot contribute to the economy. And then likewise, too, with the infirm, the elderly don't contribute value, economic value to society, and their lives are therefore considered not worthwhile to live. And this is especially true if they're undergoing suffering. And we see this north of the border of us in Canada with the MAID Act. You know, this is called the Medical Assistance in Dying Act. And it's an act that extends physician-assisted suicide. You know, the only requirement is the assessment of two doctors or two nurse practitioners to sign off on somebody who says that they've only considered other options. There's no other safeguards, only that they've considered this is that they've thought about these options. Uh, but um, once, that, once they've only thought about them, no need to explore them or do anything else, uh, that they could sign off for physician-assisted suicide. And physician-assisted suicide is already a sin, but this goes beyond the pale. You know, th and they just have recently just have opened this up to anybody who suffers mental illness. So this is some of the most vulnerable people in our society. And a healthy 18-year-old can kill themselves if two doctors or nurse practitioners can sign off on a physician-assisted suicide as the, you know, for them the only way they think that they can alleviate their suffering. You know, we must cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light, so therefore we must reject seeing our neighbor as an end to a means. And we do this by showing God's love, by showing the dignity of all life. And we do this by speaking to our neighbor about how our Lord Jesus Christ has given all human life dignity through both our creation and our redemption. Our Lord has also redeemed suffering by suffering in our, on the cross in our place. So that way we can bear the sufferings of this world. You know, whether it be the grind of life or whether it be depression or it be a terminal illness. You know, we put on the armor of light to be beacons out in this dying, dark, and decaying world. We put on the armor of light to be ready to contend with the forces of this uh, present evil age. We're called to bring hope to a hopeless world. As the Gospel of John says, the light has shone in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Wake up. The time is now to cast off sexual immorality. Wake up, uh, awake and alert to the power of sin in our lives. We walk properly in daylight so that we reject all forms of sexual immorality. Sexual sin is uniquely destructive, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. What Paul is saying here is, stop sinning against your own body. The Lord has given to you dignity. You know, the Ten Commandments are not written either in the Hebrew, in Exodus and Deuteronomy, or here in, in Romans 13 um, as imperatives, right? Not, this is not the imperative uh, conjugation. These are the, the shall nots are just a holdover from kind of old, stogy, you know, King James language. These verbs are in the future tense in Romans 13. 
future tense verbs. And if you think about it as a future tense, Paul says here, now that, every, now that you've known everything that Jesus has done for you, how he has taken all of your sins into himself and has died for you, now you will not commit adultery. You will not murder. This is, and this is your identity now in light of what God has done for you, saving you from your sins. This is who you are in your new identity. You, are, you will not commit adultery because now you're a child of God, a human creature uh, made by our good and gracious God. And we are made for marriage, a one flesh union between one man and one woman for a lifetime. Our bodies are not made for sexual immorality of any kind, you know, whether it be uh, cohabitation or pornography, homosexuality or transgenderism and so on and so forth. We're made to be in a relationship with our God. We're, we're made to be temples of the Holy Spirit. We're not made to harm our bodies through sexual immorality. You know, sexual immorality, more than any other sin, does damage to the church. It's that fire, once unleashed, destroys uh, and damages the church. You know, for instance, according to a study done by the Gospel Coalition, you know, pornography is becoming an, an acceptable sin among Christians. Only 25% of married men who go to church report no pornography usage, and along with 50% of women go to church report no pornography usage. Flip those numbers, you get the usage of pornography uh, among churchgoers. Other statistics show an increased normalization of pornography in the church. You know, think of the hurt and pain pornography usage does to both the single and the married. You know, you're made for a one-flesh union with your spouse for the rest of your life, whether it be your present spouse or who God has planned for you in the future. And sexual immorality destroys that purpose. You know, think about how much sexual immorality destroys our witness. You know, every sex scandal has only damaged the church's reputation in the, in the world. You know, sexual immorality folds into the consumeristic American culture to form a very potent spiritual poison. A poison that seeks to bring you back to sleep. Here, Jesus is warning to the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane about the dangers of falling asleep. And Jesus came and found his disciples sleeping. And Jesus said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch an hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Of course, you know, the disciples did not heed Jesus' words. And he, they fell back asleep for a third time. They were not ready for the hour. Right? Jesus said, are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is to be betrayed into the hands of sinners. Wake up. You no longer belong to yourselves, but you belong to our Lord. As Paul says in Galatians, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Wake up. The time is now to put on Christ. You put on Christ in baptism, as Paul again says in Galatians. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You know, Christ didn't redeem you so that sin may abound in your lives. He redeemed you, a lost and condemned person, to be his very own. You were bought 
with a price. The price was the death of the Son of God. You were ransomed from sin, death, and the power of the devil. You were taken out of that kingdom of darkness, and you're placed in the kingdom of light. This is what Christ did by taking sin into himself, your very own sin into his very own body. In the Jordan River, Christ is baptized so that he identifies with us, a lost and condemned humanity, in order to win us back from the power of the enemy, sin, death, and the devil. Yet Paul says in 2 Corinthians, God made him who made no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In baptism, we have been clothed with Christ's righteousness. We have been dressed, ready for battle against Satan and the forces of darkness. Through baptism, our Lord gives us grace. He has forgiven us all of our sins, and he has given us the power to resist the enemy. Paul speaks these words to the Apostle Paul. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. When we are weak, when we're tempted by sin, when our flesh desires to sin, Jesus is strong for us. And you know, there's a saying, God doesn't give you anything more than what you can handle. You know, I, I hate that saying. Um, Paul's own account in 2 Corinthians says it better. A better way of saying it is, is God doesn't give you anything more than what God can handle. God can handle all things for us, our weaknesses, our temptations. And even when we sin, and when we sin, we reject the lordship of Christ. Even when we do that, Jesus invites us back to him because he died for those sins. He died because he loves us. He died that we may be with him forever. And this battle against sin, it's not a hopeless one for us because Christ has already won it through his death and resurrection. Brothers and sisters, we live in hope. And so we must engage in that baptismal battle to kill our old Adams and Eves and to live in the victory Christ has given to us. Christ has taken away all of your sins and gives you new life through the power of baptism. And in Romans 13, Paul calls on us to live this life now as if the Lord has come now. You know, there's a lot of things that seek to put us back to sleep. You know, Jesus never promised being a Christian would be easy. But he has promised us his grace so that we can stay awake and alert. Through the gospel, he has called us into his marvelous light. And knowing who we are in Jesus... You know, how can we go back to darkness? How can we go back to living as if I matter or we matter most and God does not matter? How can we do that? We cannot. The season of Advent, we're called to vigilance. We're called to be awake by casting off the works of darkness and putting on the armor of life so that way we can get through the grind of life. Now awaken to Christ and his will for us we can walk properly in the daylight so we reject all forms of sexual immorality. And with the last day at hand, we put on Jesus and remember God's promises to us given in our baptism, the forgiveness of sins and new life in him. In Jesus' name, amen.
Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the one true faith and to life everlasting. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.